listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coble. It's Europe Calling. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Europe Calling. So, very good day, everybody. Welcome to the podcast with Neil Coborne and Vince Tracy. Europe calling the 12th of September 2023. Okay, our weather has stayed hot, it is still overcast. Uh, with humidity and everything else. Let me go around about three quarters of an hour. Sensible driving. I should find Neil and um, probably similar weather. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Morning, Ben. Well, we've just catched the morning. We've just gone past it. But anyway, yeah, lovely. I went for my walk this morning. Sun were out. Nice breeze. 25 degrees. And now the uh, it's, come, it's become overcast. But it's still nice and warm. And we've still got that little breeze. So it's lovely. Yeah. Well, we've got all sorts of things to um, talk about today. As ever, uh, let's find out what's in the news, uh, whether or not it's worthy of discussion, whether or not they're making too much of it, or maybe there's not enough being made. So here comes uh, the first one. Okay, so these all collected during the last week and low-achieving pupils in the UK should be banned from taking out student loans to fund a huge expansion in apprenticeships. MPs were going to urge this during the week. The new Conservatives lobby group will call for the number of students on Mickey Mouse courses at the taxpayers' expenses to be slashed In a report, the group will point that too many courses are propped up by government funding that do not deliver value for money to the student. The report argues that it is the students with the lowest academic attainment who tend to undertake poorer quality degrees that do not lead to graduate level salaries. And in turn, loan for subjects such as creative arts, performing arts and communications are rarely repaid. Some £20 billion is loaned to around 1.5 million university students in England each year. According to the figures, the value of outstanding loans at the end of March 2023 reached £206 billion and the government forecasts the value of outstanding loans to be around £460 billion by the mid-2040s. The MPs write that in um, contrast... High-performing degree-level apprenticeships often deliver earnings well above those of graduates. The report also calls for a minimum student loan repayment of £45 per calendar month for those not meeting the current salary thresholds. It estimates the savings from the changes would amount to £1.8 billion per year. The ideas are part of 17-point plan for skills and education that was supposed to be being unveiled during the week. So, um, your first reaction to that lot? Well, I'm all for kids going on apprenticeships. I went being an apprentice joiner when I first left school. And I thought it was a company that, you know, the company just paid us and they got a bit of a grant for checking us on. But if nobody's going to carry on through that, you know, 
then you're just wasting money, you know, and it just keeps, and then students are taking loans out uh, to to go to an apprenticeship. I, I don't get all that lot like, but uh, I mean, I'm all for apprenticeships. You know, it were well in our day, building, old building game, plastering, painting and decorating, joinery, plumbing, electricians, all that. N- nearly all all of them that I went to school with went to somewhere, you know. And uh, whether you carry on with that is how good that you are. And if you're not any good at it anyway, or you, you, you've not got the, the thing is, why should the taxpayer keep paying for it? You know, I thought the company paid so much and they just got a bit of a grant if you took apprentices on. Well, I was always a big fan of work-based learning because um, when I went first into teaching, I got involved with the youth unemployment um, problem and um, wrote a youth training scheme for the leisure industry. And it was the manpower services money that decided whether the course really went ahead. So I'm a big fan of the fact that the colleges don't give jobs. It's the the workplace that gives the jobs. Now, got a couple of comments here. Uh, Peter from Rochdale uh, said, um, where are we? Eton College. Built to educate the poorest kids of London, now educating the rich kids using £10 million of taxpayers' money and since 2019 eligible for firm 83% tax relief on charitable donations, saving over £1.5 million over two years. State schools closed under the Tories due to cuts, private schools open and receiving extra cash from the Tories. So that's one way that, well, let's just dis- discuss that one first, um, because I think that, for me, um, is one of the problems. I think the trouble is that, um, y- you know, you do have um, different ways of really understanding this. And if uh, if we look at Eton originally to educate the poorest kids of London, well, certainly that's not the reputation that I seem to remember it by. Oh, me. They're all wearing the gowns and the the, the uh, what do they call them? That's the, is it a plasterous thingy? The, them them oh, the mortar the mortarboard mortarboards. That's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've never seen many of them in Rochdale. Trust me, and Rochdale's not far. I used to play for Rochdale, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've <laughs> I've never seen any graduates from uh, from Rochdale with, with mortarboard and going on and all that lot. So. I don't know where they're getting this lot from, but uh, Eaton's always been the posh one for us, isn't it? Well, you know. Another comment is from Steve in Durham, and um, this is more up my street because he says having gone to university as a mature student within the past 10 years I was shocked at the amount of Mickey Mouse courses available when you combine that with the amount of lefty agitators who call themselves lecturers it's easy to see where the money is being wasted the problem began when the polytechnics were converted into universities Um, I definitely have sympathy with that because basically um, there's a snobbishness about the university courses and certainly there are some courses which really are just that they're not courses for me you know to by all means study for example you can get a degree in um uh coronation street for example uh yes i I think it's uh, look i think it's something worthy of study 
but not for one degree. I mean, by all means, you should be doing that sort of as maybe one module and lots more to go into it. Um, and certainly when I read that, that you can now get a degree and study as a drag queen, if that's true, and I've not been able to check that, then that's just nonsense, isn't it? It's ridiculous. I, mean, I agree with you on all them points. You know, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I remember Coronation Street when uh, Ina Sharples and Martha Lindley and uh, Pat Phoenix and all them were in it. But I could have told them everything then. I mean, as I say, I've not, I've not watched it for about 20 or 30 years now. Well, I think... Um, but I, I wouldn't expect to get a degree because where would I go and work with my degree on being a drag queen or knowing everything about old Coronation Street? Well... I think the reason why I think it's worthy of study is that if you really watch the soaps and if you watch them and look for the the things that I'm going to talk about, um, then you can see quite clearly that people are being brainwashed and society is being changed. Now, a lot of people don't understand that. Um, I mean, I'm trying to talk to certain people about it every now and again, and they think that I've, um, I'm just not speaking on the sort of level. I don't mean to be patronising, but I mean, if you've studied something and somebody else hasn't, it's like me going to a car mechanic and pretending I know about cars. I don't know about cars. I can get by with the basics, but when it comes to anything more involved, obviously, if you've studied something, you should have better information, shouldn't you? Correct. You should have all the information if you can, yeah? Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go to our second one then. And uh, again, all interesting stuff. Seeing whether or not we're being uh, under given the um, necessary information, or maybe it's too much. We'll see what we think with this one. Now, this one's been developing over the last week, and I remember I was talking to Terry, who won't have any of this. I'm, I'm reading a British parliamentary researcher with links to MPs with classified information has been arrested for spying for China. The male suspect, who is said to be in his late 20s, is thought to be linked to numerous Tory MPs, including the Security Minister Tom Tugendhat and Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman um, Alicia Kearns. Several of the MPs with links to the man are privy to classified or highly sensitive information, according to the Times. It's feared the British researcher may have been recruited by Beijing as a sleeper agent while living and working in China before being sent back to the UK to infiltrate. The suspect and another man in his 30s were both arrested uh, relating to allegations of Official Secrets Act and espionage-related offences. A senior Whitehall source claimed that the situation is a major escalation by China, adding that the country has never seen anything like this before. Uh, I read um, last year, I think it was early this year, in July, um, I put this one down, uh, Chinese spies are targeting the UK prolifically and aggressively with Beijing managing to penetrate every sector of the economy. 
This is a watchdog warning uh, back in July. The alarming picture was revealed in a long-awaited report by Parliament's intelligence watchdog. It raises concerns about Chinese influence in the UK universities and the country's intentions to become a permanent and significant player in the civil nuclear energy industry. The Intelligence and Security Committee is also critical of the UK government's response, questioning the trade-off between economic interest and security concerns. So this was a report for 207 pages worth, published uh, saying the UK is not of sorry is of significant interest to China when it comes to espionage and interference, placing the country just below China's top priority targets. So, um, have you been following it, and what are your thoughts? Well, I, I only heard about them, two of them getting arrested. But we've had this all over the world, haven't we? For, since Adam were a lad, you know, pe- people get sent to some countries and they start spying for, for UK and China and Germany and Italy and France. You know, they all have them. It's a case of how, how they got in there in the, you know, in the first place to and then how to get to the, you know, these official secret things. How, how did they get to there? You know, somebody must must know all about them, you know. Well, I remember. And, and, and they're only quite young, these, aren't they? Well, you they... Know, they're, not, they're not like, you know, spies of 45 and 60 and all that lot, you know. I think this is it. There's a new political world and people uh, are being trained. And of course, if you're going to let people in into your education system on the pretext that they're going to learn a particular subject, they're going to learn all about everything to do with the country. And the thing that I personally believe to be true is I think that they've got into all the different systems, which is why I think we've got so many uh, strikes going on. I mean, if you think about it, we've had strikes in education, we've had strikes in the NHS, obviously, strikes um, in the travel, we've got strikes. Uh, we've. I mean, I don't really, un- uh, I can't think of a major system that hasn't been affected by strikes this year. So, for me, it doesn't really uh, beggar the belief that um, if you've got people working in international communism, they can now see better ways of maybe defeating other countries instead of having to um, spend all their time and energy and uh, resources on war. You may as well get people inside and get all the young British agitators to do the job for you. That's how exactly. I see it. Exactly. I'm with you there 100%. And, and I, I firmly believe all these strikes were rail, buzzies, doctors, nurses, everything else. Th- these union leaders have got together. They're all the lefties. We know that. And uh, said, right, well, you go and strike at this time. And that, that, yeah. And so that's it when they start get it, getting everybody going on strike by, you know, spewing out like that. Well, you, you're worth more than that. You're all worth more than that. You keep going on strike. It's been going on 12 months now, some some of them, right? Well, the only people that are not losing money are them that, you know, them that are head of unions. And I think they all got together in in one big bunch and said, right, let's have a go. If we all start going on strike, but people are getting fed up of it now. I've never heard anybody moan yet that that rails have gone on strike again, especially when drivers are earning 75,000 basic and it can work overtime as well. Yeah. You know. I, uh, so that's that's how that's how the, what they can't see is these 
these union leaders, they say they're all working for you. No, they're exactly the same as everybody else. They're working for themselves and for what they believe in. And that's and that's how you, you, you're going to get on with them. And, and they're all together, in, you know, in one thing. And then that's what you're saying. Like you said, they'll infiltrate, they get these young ones to infiltrate in, and it starts with strikes and this, that, and the other, and then it could carry on with other things and everything else. So, yeah, I agree with what you were saying there. Well, I know when I went into the college as a mature student, I'd been a, a manager in a company, and obviously I was seeing things differently to the way that everything was being shown uh, to the children as fact. It was it children, I mean, 19-year-olds, if you like. Um, to be honest with you, I think the way that they act at the moment, I think many of them are still children. And, uh, you know, by all means, they look intelligent, they look older, they've got the basic qualifications, so they're at university. Well, that, there's another misnomer. They're at college studying. And um, based around what I was looking at, um, I could see quite clearly that a lot of the lecturers um, were sort of drip-feeding them socialist stuff which takes you more and more to the left and really it's only when you get your own family and you've got to maybe start trying to see life in a different way um, that you get the balance right. I mean, you know, it's all very well being an activist. These just stop oil clowns and everybody who are stopping people getting to work. Um, they're doing the work of um, the, the the international communism movement for me. And, you know, when um, the counter argument is what does communism gain from um you know you know uh, defeating the um the money if you like the economy well it's obvious isn't it um by all means if there's a point where they can step in and say well our ideas are better um, everybody seems to be clouded by the fact that they've been undermining better ideas which had been working whereas now they don't seem to be able to get the um people to have the the work ethic, I, th I think it's all been very, very cleverly orchestrated by TV programmes, by keeping people busy, thinking, us, uh, think, thinking of COVID and Brexit and everything else going on, rather than seeing the facts of what's happening in our lives. That's how I see it. Exactly. Go, go and ask the people who live in China. Are they happy with that? You know, because all these, all these voting things are rigged in China. North, North Korea. He's visiting China this week. Go and ask them in North Korea. They're all starving to death and this, that, and the other. That's that's what communists will get you. Years ago, they used to say, oh, if you're going to be a communist, you, you'll be only be able to drive a Skoda. You'll only be able to do this. You'll only be able to do that. And we all have the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're, you're it, right. Yeah. So go, go and ask the people in China that are there in, in rice fields working like probably about 20 hours a day and having four hours kip and, 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 and look what the living conditions are. And you'll soon find out, you know, it's, well, not, it's, not, a, it's not quite as uh, nice as a, they keep putting it over. And we, we don't have to think too far back to remember Mao Zedong and everybody uh, wearing grey suits and wearing a little, yeah. uh, taking a little red book in the back pocket, you know. Um, just to give you a, a quick update on the weather, it's just started raining here. And the sun's, sun's blasting out. And it started raining outside here now. <laughs> OK, well, um, we'll move forward with that good thought that rain could well be on the way. It could save me water in garden. Yeah, so there's always a silver lining. <laughs> yeah.
Okay, so you've probably seen all this that's been going on with a, a, a poor little 11-year-old girl, Anna Pound, who was walking to the shops in Birmingham with her 18-year-old sister when a powerful breed of bulldog leapt at her from a bush shelter. She was savaged by the out-of-control hound after it broke free from its collar, uh, leading other frantic members of the public to wrestle the dog off from, from, away from her, being bitten themselves in the process. Uh, this Anna has now been discharged from the hospital but heartbreakingly has told the newspaper she's too frightened to leave her home. This is an XL bully responsible for the attack initially taken to a local vet to be checked over before being taken into secure kennels uh, while the investigation continues. Its owner has been spoken to by officers from West Midlands Police and um, you know I mean there's been a couple of well many of these now uh, in, in the um, light of which we've had government ministers talking, Suella Brevman, I think was one, talking about trying to get the, the breed banned. Um, what worries me is why would people be walking the streets with these type of animals anyway? Exactly. I mean, it's, it's the little man syndrome again, isn't it? You know, you get these little men and they've got these big, absolutely muscle-bound dogs that they make them again. There's no dog, unless there's some, you know, seriously wrong in, in head, that uh, uh, bred, you know, well, not bred, but born to be attacked, to attack people and this, that, the other. You know, it's the owners. You train them to to do what they're supposed to do, and that'll be a family pet. Not have this aggressive thing and have them swinging off a tree with a bit of a rope and a stick and, and you know, spinning it round and seeing how long they can you know, hang, hang on to it and see how strong that their dog is against somebody else's. Now, it's a nonsense. I don't know why they, they need these big, massive bound things, this uh, thingy X or whatever it's called. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, and they, they, should, they, should, they should be get them in prison. Well, you know, not... if, you can't, if you can't look after your dog, then you shouldn't have it anyway. Well, I think any dog that breaks loose and does this to, uh, I mean, we've had people killed plus children being maimed um I, I think really the only answer for me is that you uh, fine the owners more than anything else but i think you then have got to keep these dogs off the streets because you know exactly. it, they might be they might be wonderful well-trained animals but that doesn't mean to say that you have one instant and one other person at least will have will have had their lives ruined uh, by yep. the fact that this. I mean, they're massive. These dogs. Oh, they are. But uh, is there a new law coming coming to Spain now that you've you've all got to have uh, insurance and uh, and stuff? Yes, uh, apparently I, there is. Um, yeah, I, I just saw a, a bit of it, and I said, well, everybody, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we used to have dog licences years ago. It was ten shilling and sixpence, didn't we? Everybody that had a dog had to have a dog licence. Yeah. And it was about ten shilling and sixpence. And, you know, but so they should all be licensed, these dogs. And now they, they, they've told them that you've got to have insurance. If it, if it damages anybody, any person, or any, like, you know, it just starts biting at your car or, you know, scratching it or whatever then they should have to, you know, get it put right. But it's just another part of this jigsaw puzzle. I mean, I'm always going on about joining up the dots. Um, and, you know, I, I think, quite honestly, that 
they are not really being proactive to um, genuine uh, difficult and uh, horrible situations and uh, you know by all means uh, I suppose when the police do eventually arrive uh, they do have the uh, sticks and sten uh, stun guns and things like this but that doesn't help the general public because it's these poor especially younger uh, kids who basically are expecting adults to, to protect them not uh, have animals set upon them and that sort of thing you know Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's, as I say, but a lot of them is, is this little man syndrome. I've got to have a big dog because I'm not that good. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's, you're actually seeing women with them as well now, uh, yeah. you know, with all the, the t t tattoos and everything that goes with yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, you know, I, I, I feel that the whole thing, it starts with something that really shouldn't be a problem, somebody having a tattoo and whatever, and then suddenly it should, it's, a, it's a fashion statement, isn't it? Yeah, this should have been stamped on years ago when the, these kids were getting mauled and people in their own homes were getting killed because the sons have bought this dog and, they, oh, and it's a lovely little thing and this, that and the other that grows into a big honey monster and then next minute it sets on the people in their own house, you know, like the, that grandma who were minding it for a son, a grandson or whatever, yeah. and it, it ripped it to shreds. Yeah. You know, it should be stamped on yonks ago, this. Well, uh, you, you know, your own common sense tells you that if you've got a ferocious animal, it doesn't matter how much you try and tell me that that dog is soft. It's like anything in this intense heat. We all get snappy moments. And yeah. so if you've got a little child who might maybe innocently tugs at the, the dog, um, then, I mean, I've seen small dogs snap at uh, small children. Uh, oh, you, yeah. You know, uh, OK, I'll move on because obviously um, I just don't like those type of dogs personally and I'm probably letting that leak into, into our discussion. Yeah. OK, here's our next one then. So we'll go to uh, this one. Okay, so I'm reading day in and day out about similar things uh, around this uh, problem of uh, 10 of Britain's top retailers now have agreed to fund a police crackdown on shoplifting gangs by paying cops to scan faces of thieves using closed-circuit television. High street giants, including John Lewis, Co-op, Tesco, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Next, are amongst those reportedly pumping £600,000 into the operation dubbed Project uh, Pegasus. In return, police forces will run CCTV images of suspected shoplifters through bosses at Co-op, um, uh, has resorted to hiring undercover security guards to protect its stores and staff from thieves while Tesco is getting staff to wear body cameras to help catch shoppers who assault them. Police chiefs have increasingly come under fire for the apparent lack of action in tackling the, booting, the looting epidemic, blighting stores with the chairman of Asda last week, saying the shoplifting had essentially been decriminalised. Now, I come from a time like you do, Neil, where you just don't shoplift. Um, I know as a kid... 
I wasn't whiter than white. I started uh, doing a few little silly things, got my knuckles totally and utterly wrapped and never did anything again. And unfortunately, you're now seeing um, copycat. I mean, because I think we saw it first from America where you've got marauding gangs going into places and just stealing and walking out of the, sh- out of the stores. Um, can't go on, can it? I'm, I'm with you on that, the looters. Yeah? You crack down on them, this, that and the other. But him from, I think it was Asda. I, I mean, I had I had a rant last week about Tesco's, but it were it were about Tesco's deliberately. It were about all supermarkets. Demoning about how much shoplifting's costing them, but there's nobody on the till to check what you what you, you, you scan through. And then you go to pay the girl behind the counter that's probably having a nice natter with you while she's doing it and this, that and the other. And then, so they want you to scan your own thing, to pay for your own thing, and people just walk out with trolleys full. Now, I'm, I'm with them on that. Well, hang on, I'm paying your prices. You had every check had a, had a, uh, a cashier on it. No, they don't. So now there's a woman or a fella stood near the door and said, uh, can I see your receipt? Can I? And they, as I said, what they did in France, 250 of them all went to this big store and all stood there, and, and that, were, that were about the cash point. But now they're on about the, the shoplifting. Well, I've already done two people's job. You don't want me to come back and, and start doing another. Well, you know, have a look how much profit they make. That, I, that's I'm, the other thing. I'm totally with you on what you're saying. Um, I want to go back to these gangs who just walk yeah. in and loot and take things out. I don't see that the, the the cashiers should be left to sort of sort that one out as well. Yeah. These looters, they've got all the faces on CCTV and they're probably well known anyway. And they should jump on them like a ton of bricks. Because it's not... It's not normally the big stores that they go for. It's these small corner shops and stuff like that, stealing all the all the, the, the beers and, and the cigs and, and stuff like that. You know, so they should be absolutely slammed on, bang, and, and you know, given a severe punishment. That's just that's just ridiculous on, on a small shop, you know, somebody that's trying to make a living. And, you know, you don't see them go looting into in Tesco's and Asda and Morrison's and all them. You never see them running, running right in there, you know. Well, I've got to say, uh, I think part and parcel of this is down to social media. And I think that when you see these clips of people doing this in America, uh, you can see it leaking across into the UK. And I won't be that that surprised to see it come to Spain eventually. But... It always does, doesn't it? Always, if it's happening in the US, it'll certainly come to us within the next couple of years or whatever. But, I mean, uh, the, the thing is, at least in Spain, we do normally have a security man around most stores, don't we? Certainly in Lidl, uh, they've always got yeah, one, yeah. you know, there. And you go to a lot of the stores here, they do have security staff. But I yeah. think more worryingly, you see, I think this is part of this similar problem we've just been outlining. Because 
uh, TikTok, which is Chinese-owned. Apparently, the Chinese don't look at these type of things. They're, they're looking at all serious things, whereas all we're looking at is cartoons and, and silly things, um, and then these types of violent things. Now, you try that in China, and I know what would happen. Um, I think they'd just yeah. go in mob-handed and shoot people, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, but then that becomes a deterrent, doesn't it? So that sorts that one out. That sorts that problem out. You come in here, start nicking our stuff, you get shot. Well, as I always try to point out, I think the whole thing is about the erosion of our way of life. And, of course, the thing is, if you've got people who are doing this sort of things in the supermarkets, um, then eventually uh, we go back to things like lockdowns. And it, it, it just defies the authorities locking people down, if you like, um, because basically uh, they've lost control of certain aspects of life, which, quite honestly, should never have been lost because quite honestly we, we were peace loving we were always policed by consent and we should always be that way but yeah. it's just that you've got the social media breeding these type of people to go out and create problems for everybody exactly you see the majority is being punished for the minority yeah so you've got to get rid of the minority but the minority's way of thinking and the things that they do so all the majority are being punished for some, you know, minority people. It's, it's wrong. Yeah. You've got to jump down on them, on them that are doing the, that doing the robbery and the, and the looting and all that. Okay, uh, here comes the next one. Let's go to... Do, 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 do. Let's go to this one. Now, um, I think this programme has just been uh, on TV. Uh, there's Michaela Royal telling the BBC Panorama um, about the moment she realised her daughter was in a dire situation after studying ballet at Elmer, Elmhurst Ballet School in Birmingham. I had to leave the building because I was shocked by her appearance. Uh, during the programme, her daughter Harriet said she felt it was validating to see what you're doing is the right thing to the point that it feels like you can't really stop. Uh, what it is, is the uh, ballet schools telling these girls they have to be so thin that they look uh, painfully thin and become, um, you know, victims of eating disorders and that sort of thing. Have you seen any of this? No, but I've, I've seen some pictures on uh, Facebook and that about how, how to come into a certain ballet school. Your waist has to be about 12 inches or something like that. Uh, and there were a programme on, on uh, Granada one that a girl ended up nearly dying because th these they were showing them these ballet dancers that are really, really slim. And if you could pinch, you know, a, a bit of your, your, your waist, well, then you need to concentrate on eating less and this, that and the other. And she ended up nearly dying through it. No, you, you, all, all our body shapes are all different. And we just look at our own. I mean, me and you try and keep ours as best we can. You know, the older you get, like the... the <laughs> Bits, bits start, bits start growing out of everywhere. Yeah. But these young kids, these bally, these bally girls and all that, you shouldn't be set to a, 
a waste thing, and and you know, because you, you have a lot of, a lot of pe- people have puppy fat. They used to call it when we were kids. Yeah. We all had a bit, or we looked a bit chubby. But as you start growing taller, everything starts to come inwards. So you, you know, you, you figure we're, we're too bad. But the thing about a lot of things now is all this processed food and McDonald's and you know, and uh, these. These kids now can't grow a Sunday dinner or a healthy meal or whatever. Half of them don't don't know how to do it, and so you're just going to keep piling it on. But and yeah, that... about that that belly dancing thing. As I say, I saw the one that were on Granada that they were, they were you know, telling her, "Oh, you should be doing this." And you should... No, no, that's not for you to say anything. Her body's her body. But apparently these uh, these kids are so scared of not qualifying and, you know, developing a career within their chosen art form, uh, they become bulimic and, uh, or bulimic, I think they say in English. Yeah. Um, and anorexia and yeah. all sorts, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... And then their organs start shutting down. Yes. Yeah. Because they're craving for, for food. You and, know, and your it... tells you, if you overeat, you, you know... And, and you feel full, and you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I shouldn't have had that much. Yeah. Your body will tell you the other way as well. Uh, hang on, I need some in here because, you know. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Okay, uh, right, let's go on with the next one then. So uh, we'll go to, yeah, we'll go to this one. So we're looking next at Furious Villagers in North Wales. Uh, so off we go to that lovely country of Wales and they've blasted Airbnb after warning the company is helping kill the Welsh mountain idol. Uh, a sticker reading Death to Airbnb with a noose around Airbnb's logo has been found in the village of Clamberis, which is a lovely place to be at the foot of Mount Snowdon, which is a magnet for climbers, walkers, runners, tourists who also enjoy a dip in the stunning twin lakes of Clinberis and Clinpadan. Local residents have told the newspaper that they have to put up with rowdy parties around the houses and fights breaking out on the high street. One drunk woman dressed in a ginger spice fancy dress costume was even seen brawling in the remote village with another woman. One local has dubbed the Snowdonia village the Magaloof of North Wales after spotting young women going to buy fish and chips in thongs. Oh dear. Um, What the hell is wrong with people growing up in Britain at the moment? Because something's gone, hasn't it? I, uh, yeah, I think that they're all getting born with a screw loose, honestly. I mean, I, I played for Bethesda. I played in Welsh League for a while. And uh, I've been up to Snowden. I've done all that. Clan Dunnow and, you know, Rill and, you know, Abergelly. And we're all right. That were, we, that's where we went on holiday when we were kids, if it weren't Blackpool. You know, well, I but, used to I used to live there and uh, work there for about well certainly a good six months, and uh, I love the country. Uh, I love the 
certainly the geography is fantastic. I get on well with the people. I like the language. I like to try and learn bits of it. You know, and I enjoy, it's like being abroad, of course. Uh, it is in England. It's Wales. It's another country. But uh, more to the point, there is something about the way British kids are growing up. Now, I can remember when I was teaching in Cornwall around the year 2000, um, there were groups of kids who basically were out of control. You had kids, 16-year-olds, who were bullying the teachers in the secondary moderns. I remember when I went in, you know, um, they they were just unruly then. And unfortunately, there's something that's gone wrong in Britain. Uh, I see it clearly with connections to the television. I think that the more and more... um, shall we say, outrageous television has become, the more and more outrageous manners seem to have changed. Um, it's a generalisation. Of course, there'll be nice people still about, but there's a hell of a lot of people don't seem to know that when they go abroad, as they say to Magaluf, but even closer, when they go to Wales, you've got to behave yourself. Go out and just do normal, nice things and be nice with people. You don't go out and, and smash be- the village up and everything, do you? Yeah, and enjoy yourself. I mean, it, we've, we've been through this a million times. It starts at home. That's where the, the, the basic rules of being a decent person, it starts at home. But nobody gives them monkeys anymore. There's no respect for teachers, police, uh, shop assistants, any, anything you want. They seem to get this, well, it don't matter. I, you know, I don't have to do that. Why should I have to do that? You know, and this... It, it really it angers me, you know. Uh, opening doors, I still open doors. If somebody's coming through a door and they've got, you know, like a trolley or whatever, I'll open the door. No, you know, I'm, I'm you, the same. You'll never, you'll never see li- li- young'uns doing this, 16, 18 to 30, doing it. You know, I, I'm totally with you. And I think, once again, I go back to the soaps. If you look at the soaps... Um, over our lifetime, what used to be Emmerdale Farm, nice little village, little sleepy village, uh, Coronation Street, you, you know, all your Ecky Thump Brigade and, you know, the the ladies sitting in the snug enjoying their milk stouts. Uh, they, oh, they, yeah, marvellous, marvellous. But they've all become forums for uh, really training people how to be uh, slobs, how to be, um, you know, how not to be able to behave, how that every single time you've got a problem, you go to the bottle. You don't go and sort your problem out. You sort yourself out by having a few drinks and having a night completely and utterly brasso. Sadly, that's what those soaps have been teaching people. And I think the worst of the lot is EastEnders, personally. Well, yeah, as I say, I don't watch them, but yeah, I, I, you see, I'll tell you, it, so it, it, you start thinking to yourself, what, what's all this? You know, what's all this about? You know, I just don't get it. I mean, I, I only ever watched these Sanders for a couple of years, and everything was just depressing. Everything about the show was just depressing. There were no happy moments or anything. No. And that was when uh, Phil Mitchell and Grant, or whatever they were called, and they were like, this is so depressing, it. No wonder people are going do lally. Absolutely. Well, okay, so we've got people watching that sort of stuff all day, every day. I think the soaps are on every single day of the week. Um, let's go to our next one then, because um, we can we can get the focus like this.
So uh, you've got people already socially un, uh, in unrest. And it is a fair bet that George Orwell's 1984 is not on the agenda for November's Artificial Intelligence Summit at Bletchley Park, hosted by the British government. It should be uh, in his depiction of a dystopian totalitarian Britain of 1984. The greatest writer of the last century explained how total information uh, in the hands of our masters breeds control. Total control. Uh, China's use of AI, that's the artificial intelligence, has turned Orwell's fictional nightmare into reality. Yet far from uh, girding our defences, our government is proposing to hobnob with those who are trying to breach them. China is set to be invited to the Showcase International Summit uh, AI in November. This cowardly and short-sighted attempt to ingratiate and arm ourselves with Beijing is a misstep worthy of the so-called golden age pioneered by David Cameron and George Osborne a decade ago, in which this country disastrously uh, kowtowed before the Communist Party. Uh, this was, um, in truth, the scale of the threat from China easily echoes the plight of Orwell's hero, Winston Smith. He lived in fear of telescreens, which recorded every sound and movement in every home and workplace. I mean, it's already in place. You know, people don't seem to be able to see this, do they? No. No, they haven't got a clue. And, uh, you know, all these leaders just want to, well, and and they proved that they could do it with that COVID malarkey. You know, that's, that's how they got control of everybody. You can't go out and everybody couldn't. Otherwise, you get, you know, you get a massive fine or you get put in prison. Well, hang on, can't we can't we put the same rules to what we were talking about before? Did people stop at a line? You go straight to jail, or you get a big fine, or the same with the dogs that you know. But no, that, that just gets forgotten. It's it's a two minute wonder on telly. So it's seen that little girl getting bit and and dragged on floor, and and that's the end of it. But so China creeping in left, right, and centre, and all this. Nobody's going to give a monkeys about it because they'll think, oh, it'll help us. Oh, it'll help us. You know, this AI and all this malarkey. No, no, it might sound good, but trust me, it probably won't be. Well, I think it's it's completely and utterly changed education because if I was to say, Neil, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to uh, write an essay on the development of, um, you know, the, the pharmacy industry in the 1980s, for example. I mean, you only have to put it in one sentence, one question, one minute, and you've got your, your, your assignment already completed. So that is now telling me that you cannot judge anybody by written assignment. You can't do it. I remember at the time that uh, they were trying to bring in uh, model modules that were going to be judged by the in-house teacher, if you like, the lecturer or whoever was in charge of the group. And I remember saying at the time, well, immediately, uh, if you can bring in the stuff and they don't really know where you've got that information because obviously it's all in, uh, available on the internet now. Um, you don't know the comprehension of people. The only way you can do it now is by examination. I don't think that there's any 
sense to me of allowing people to use tech. And I've seen government people and, and educationalists saying they're quite happy for their students to use AI. That is an absolute remedy for disaster for me. It is. It's a nonsense. So if I go on now and, and put something in, I can read that in, in probably a couple of, two or three hours, all about that. And then I just go and put a paper in into my college or wherever I'm, you know, you're putting it in, and I could become a professor. Me, hang on a minute, I can't even work my phone properly, mm -hmm. right? But if they tell me, and I'm reading off, off this piece of paper, this AI uh, stuff, and and everybody thinks that's how it is. Well, then I, I should become a professor, then, shouldn't I? Well, I think you know, but but it's false. And and I think the the, the trouble is. Also, for those people that, again, follow the dots, maybe start joining them up a bit more, you only have to look at all these different parts of this great jigsaw puzzle, which is undermining Britain. You know, I don't see how the government can be that incompetent unless it's being directed. You can't be that stupid. You can't have a million um, uh, politically motivated illegal immigrants being paid for by your own taxes to, to is, yeah. eventually yeah. take over your country when they're ready. I mean, you just couldn't be that so incompetent. You couldn't have the police now not even looking at basic criminality and not yeah. doing anything about it. You couldn't do that. Keeping the yeah. taxation level for those that are prepared to work at a degree that the, that they can see their money being drained from their hard labours to be given to other people to do what they will and be silly with it. You know what I mean? It it just doesn't make the sense that it, it should it, make it's to funny me. that the UK, the smallest one, basically, yeah, is the one that, 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 that you know, it plays by all these do-gooders. Well, they're welcome here. They won't be welcome when they come and check in your house off you. Because their family's bigger than yours, and this, that, and the other. Because that's the control they're going to get. You know. No, I think it, I, it, it, it just doesn't. It, it can't be logical, and it can't be right. The the UK tiger. All these other countries just keep farming them up. You know, go carry on, go through there. Yeah, you'll come to another, and then go through there. Yeah, you'll be all right. Get to the UK, and everything will be paid for you. That's just, that's just economic suicide. I think if you look around, things that are going on. I think there are factions which are, which are working together to diminish the British way of life or the Western way of life, if, if, if you like. But yeah. you yeah. can see quite clearly, I mean, you know, for example, if you look at the way they're trying to change the Premier League and they're offering so, such stupid money uh, to people. Saudi Arabia, yeah. Well, yeah, so, I mean, they won't be doing that on their own. So somewhere along the line, there's a group of people all working together and uh, when they, they've got their fullness uh, of most of what they want ready, they'll then start their own infighting as to see who, to, who comes out as top dog. I'm afraid that's yeah. how I see it, Neil. Yeah, there'll be, yeah, be more. All of a sudden, there'll be more, you know, in, in uh, United Arab Emirates, that area. That are going to start offering more and more than Saudi Arabia are. You, you know what I mean? So, as you say, it comes out that the, 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 the biggest dog at the top will have this total control. You know? Yeah. And the same with these boat people. Eventually, there'll be that many in 
and they'll be in all these towns and this, that, and the other, and all of a sudden they'll be taking over your town. Well, I don't, you know. I don't see many Arab countries with the um, the artillery and the military that the Chinese have got, and yeah. being as drilled as they are. So, I mean, once everybody's been softened up in in the social sense, with everybody sort of not knowing how to react and interact with each other the way we used to be able to do this, there will come a day when they'll just be able to say, right, okay, in we come, and. Um, Okay, sounds a bit uh, far-fetched at the moment, but not for me. Okay, I'm going to move on. So here's the next one. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go to this one. So while we've got plenty of things to distract us from great rugby games, uh, female uh, football and uh, back to the Premier League at the weekend. Uh, let's see what three quarters of the Brits are saying about Harry and Meghan. Uh, they should receive no money from the public purse and the majority would see them removed from the line of succession. So this is a poll, uh, exclusive polling for the Mail Online and 15% of people believe the Duke and Duchess should be entitled to taxpayer-funded security and other costs while an overwhelming majority of 74% said they should pay for everything themselves. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex stepped back from their roles as senior royals in 2020, insisting they wanted to work towards financial independence before they later complained of being cut off by the royals. Today's survey, um, this was last week, also showed that respondents have a dim view of the Sussexes completely as the second child of King Charles III. Prince Harry is fifth in line to the throne after his brother Prince William, nephews Prince George and Louis and niece Prince Charlotte. Meghan, meanwhile, is not in line for the throne, much like the Princess of Wales, but her two children... Um, with Harry, Prince Archie and Prince Princess Lilibet, Mountbatten, Windsor, are sixth and seventh, a year on from the Queen's death, her funeral being the last engagement Harry and Meghan attended alongside the royal family. The public have had their say on the US-based Duke and Duchess. There's a comment uh, from Portsmouth, and um, the correct question was asked. Uh, if the correct question was asked, I'd expect that way more than 75% of people would agree that they'd rather never see another article or hear about these two ever again and that you give them the privacy they so crave. But I guess the same over 75% also know that will never happen. Although just why the press are so obsessed with this meaningless purr simply defeats me. Over to you. I'm with the 74%. Why should I be paying again? Don't forget, didn't we spend seven million on that frog house or whatever it was called? Yes. To, get, to do it up for him, to go and live in it and in lap of luxury. And then all of a sudden, no, no, she's an actress. She needs to be on television in America and earn millions and millions of pounds. Right. Well, why should I pay for you? It's you know, do with us. Only because Harry's married you, soft lad. Right. Right. Well, you, if you want to go over there and make your life and earn all these millions and millions of pounds that you're going to be making and millions of dollars, that's fine. But don't come screaming to us that you want us to keep paying for you. You can forget it. We've got better things to do spend money on you lot. 
Well, when you actually look at the coverage of the Royals, I mean, William and Kate, exemplary. So we see an amount of their stuff. Um, When you look at the other quiet one, uh, the Sussex, Sussex, the um, Edward and his wife, uh, they seem to be able to behave themselves. Princess Anne, exemplary. You never hardly see anything in the news about her. Um, Andrew, okay, you know, I think he's run his course now. The, the trouble, the trouble really is, it's a diversion again, and it's part and parcel of. To me, it's how you chip away at the idea of the British way of life. I think this is just another part of the puzzle, and I think, quite honestly, you know, when the timing is right, and probably when Charles goes. Um, but I mean, even there, you know, why on earth? Why on earth? Do they keep throwing this woman Camilla as if she's some paragon of the virtues? You've, if your press is doing and making people think in a certain way, somebody or some group of people are driving the agenda, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, well, I've said about my uh, my thoughts on the Camilla and and you know all this affair and this that and the other, and she shouldn't be class is, is queen consort or whatever it is she's just charles's wife that's what it should be you know and yeah. get over it uh but as you say you've got princess Anne. you've got i mean william and kate what a fine example you know of a lovely couple absolutely great you know well if, but, the, uh, if, if, if but them two harry and megan whoa, whoa, whoa first thing you want to do get on opera get on this thing get on that you know all these talk shows Earning, you know, earning millions. So why do you want our, why do you want our money? You're already over there. We've already spent seven million on on a house that you didn't even want to live in. As soon as you know everything, you know, got settled down, all of a sudden you're off to America. So we paid for those and we're looking after it and paid seven million to how you want it decorating. Well, we're going to redecorate because you're not coming back in it. Well, I think they've been um, they've been used. No, no way for me. Uh, oh, by the press, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that uh, you know, Megan has had people pushing her in a direction, and she's just pulling him. Um, sadly, I don't. I never thought he was the brightest in the bunch, um, and he's probably not a bad man. I mean, when I, when you look at his work with the Invictus Games, and some yeah. of his nicer stuff, I don't think he's a bad man in the slightest. But I think exactly. he's totally misguided. Well, he's just been. He's, he's just like a puppet to her. Yeah. And what she says goes, no, you're the main one in that, you know, in that, you're the prince, you know. You're okay. the prince. You, you know, you, you live by the, how you've been brought up. Not being Molly, you know, not, well, you were Molly Cullen anyway. But, you know, not not going over to America and you, you were happy with that. Well, don't come bleating and striking when, when you're having a row with your missus or whatever. And why should we keep paying you? We shouldn't pay him one eight. Well, he'd start be, start behaving himself a bit better if that was the case, because exactly, just slagging off everybody in royal family, and and oh, we were we were mistreated, or we were snubbed here, there, and everywhere. No, you will be forever, because that that's it. You 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 chose you you know you you, you make your bed, you sleep in it. 
that's it. That's what I got told when I, you know, when I was ready for, for leaving home. My mum said, "Hey, it's about time you started going making your own bed." So that's when I had to go and buy a house. You know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. Okay, Neil. Well, I think that takes us right up to the uh, to the hour. So yeah. Well, um, I can just inform you that that rain we had, yeah, yeah, it lasted a minute and a half. Oh, okay. Well, you've and had. No, a... it's cracking flags and it's blown dry again. You had a, a minute and a half more than us, so um, I'll keep an eye on it. Okay, right. Neil. Well, thanks very much indeed, as ever, and look forward no to the next one. Right, loved it. I'll speak to you soon, Vince, yeah? Thank you, Neil. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.